Welcome to the Move the Stairs podcast by the Denver-based public relations strategist at MNC Communications. We help clients from the CBD industry to nonprofits and beyond tackle their toughest communications challenges and protect their brand using our state-of-the-art tools and strategies. I'm president and founder, Diane Mulligan. For us, public relations is all about brand protection. We are experts in growing active communities, deflecting negative public relations, and building trust to help our clients stand head and shoulders above competitors. I'm Vice President Sarah Beatty. We're all former journalists. We've been in front of the camera and behind the scenes. We call our experience insider media relations, helping clients turn crisis communications and media relations challenges into opportunities that bolster the bottom line. And I'm PR manager Jordan Sherman. At MNC, we craft distinctive and effective solutions for your communications challenges. We call it our Move the Stairs philosophy. On this podcast, we share our best ideas for brand protection, crisis communications, media relations, and more. Let's get right to it. This week's Move the Stairs podcast. Today, we are talking to CBD business owners about the challenge of deciding whether to take a political or social or environmental stand through their business. And by the end of this episode, you're going to be able to mindfully and strategically, keywords here, incorporate a position, an important position to you and your company um, into your corporate messaging. We're going to walk you through how to do that. So we're going to break this down into our mini conversations. Um, first, you'll learn how public perception of companies taking a political stance has really changed dramatically in recent years. And um, we'll walk through some of some profile, high profile examples. Um, then you're going to get some strategies, which I think is always important. So news you can use to identify the political topics um, that are important to your CBD business stakeholders. And stakeholders is an interesting word. So we're going to talk about that as well. And finally, we're going to do a deep dive to help to align your business goals with your political, environmental, or social messaging. And, and that's really important too. It's not just, hey, I'm here too, but how does it really relate to your business? So if you're joining us live, jump into the conversation. We'd love to hear from you, especially for those of you who have tried to wade into or maybe just completely stay out of the political sphere uh, in your business messaging. So tell us in the comments section. And I just posted that question. We want to hear from you. And as always, we're going to have a free downloadable one sheet, which we do with every episode. So make sure you grab that on our Move the Stairs blog on our website. And you can either get to our website at mnccommunications.com or even easier, movethestairs.com, and you'll be able to download that um, that sheet that's going to help you through all of this. All right. So let's jump into this. And forgive us if we're talking fast today because there is a lot to cover. So let's look at how per public perception of companies taking a political stance has changed dramatically in recent years. And let's talk about some of those high profile um, examples where political statements or, or wading into political issues did not go well. So in the old days, and I put those in quotes, the conventional wisdom was for a long time, and it was, I think, valuable uh, counsel 
was that businesses should stay out of politics, right? It was dangerous and you you ran the risk of really offending, you know, a large uh, number of your consumers. So companies weren't expected to take a stand on a particular issue or candidate or environmental issue or social issue. And the Harvard Business Review points out that the change started with the corporate social responsibility movement in the 1980s. Um, and companies started considering the impact that their practices had on society and, and the environment. And it gives the example, um, no one could take umbrage at a company that produced hormone or BPA-free products or whose supply chain banned firms that had you know, abusive labor practices. Um, so those were considered a really um, ethical stand instead of a political ideology. And that's kind of where all of this started. Absolutely. But, you know, times have changed and creating that loyal customer, which is, you know, one of the, the, the really important parts of brand protection PR means building the relationships with them and caring about what they care about. So one article in the Kellogg Insight Report, um, and all of these reports um, will be in our blog where you can click right to them. Uh, it does a great job of illustrating this change. It says, we live in an era of unprecedented lifestyle marketing, where companies are able to bring an enormous amount of data to bear on personalized consumer service that endears us to our brands. But with every Instagram follow um, and deep emotional appeal, companies are courting both the positive, and I love this word, problematic aspects of strong brand identification. And I think, you know, a good piece of evidence made from this, Diane and Sarah, is a Sprout social study. And this is fairly recent. It came out in 2019. And it shows that 56% of consumers, that's a pretty good chunk, say that it's very important for CEOs to take a stand on public issues. I and just want to point out here, Jordan, notice yeah. that that study was 2019. And now take a look at a change here to the 2021 study. Yeah, so this is an Edelman Trust survey, and 86% of people say they expect CEOs to speak out on societal issues and local community issues. So it's a pretty clear mandate and an increased uh, notability in the last few years that people want companies to take a stand. Yikes. So here we are. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it was really clear for years and years um, that you you didn't get involved in this, and now it's really clear that you should as a co as a corporation, as a business. So you know what we say is where the rubber meets the road, that's where it gets messy um, in the actual uh, implementation of this. So let's look at some of uh, examples of corporate advocacy. I'm calling this the good, the bad, and the ugly. Q Jordan mm -hmm. with a Clint Eastwood reference right here. <laughs> Um, and I, let's get into a couple of really good examples. And by good, I just want to be really clear, guys. We are talking about good in terms of being a strategically aligned public relations plan component. We're not talking about right or wrong politics here. So two examples. Um, outdoor recreation clothing company Patagonia, long record, long track record of getting involved in campaigning uh, to protect public lands and donating to climate action causes 
And um, they got particularly vocal and involved a couple of years ago after the president at the time made a move to shrink the size of a national monument, public lands in Utah. Um, here's why that works. Patagonia has a long record of supporting public lands alongside its employees and consumers. And it, consumers have the choice of buying from Patagonia or not buying from Patagonia, partly or, or in some or in part um, based on that stance that Patagonia has had a long record of, of making. So this is a situation where corporate action, corporate action aligns with the value of its company and its stakeholders. Another good example, and this one was from last week, and I love this one. Small town in North in the South Carolina was hosting a drive-through COVID vaccination clinic. And hundreds of cars, I mean, the traffic jam backed up for hours. The mayor said, I don't know how to fix this, but we got to fix this. And he reached out to a you know, drive-through expert, the manager of the local Chick-fil-A drive-through restaurant. Manager says, you bet, I'll be there. He comes on over, he takes a look and he says, well, you've got one person checking everybody in. The way we do it at Chick-fil-A is we've got two, three, you know, they divide down those roles and they've got multiple lanes and multiple people taking orders and checking them in. And I don't know if you've been in a quick Chick-fil-A drive-through lane, they move fast. <laughs> so he helped eliminate that backlog, helped the city get hundreds of people vaccinated in their cars as quickly as possible. And again, this aligns very, very well with, with Chick-fil-A's longstanding established value of community engagement and support. So those are two examples of where, you know, a political or, or environmental or, or societal statement, environmental statement, align with the company. And, and those are good examples of things done well. And so let's look at some, as the term was, problematic issues that um, uh, that have happened recently. And um, you'll remember the CEO of MyPillow has lost a lot of business uh, and been kicked off social media platforms um, for his involvement in the 2020 election dispute. Now, what's interesting about this one is it depends on your perspective whether or not this is problematic. Mm -hmm. This man has a very serious, strong, dedicated political stance. And he was true to that. How did that impact his business is the question. Um, and so the, the media that he received, the coverage that he received would be termed negative. But the question is, should he or should he have not done something like this? Because he truly believes in what he was talking about and it was very authentic. Um, Pepsi was forced to take down its really tone deaf and very expensive Kylie Jenner ad um, that used and effectively trivialized Black Lives Matter imagery to sell soda. Now, that one was pretty clearly very problematic. Um, and the damage was significant. Uh, the, uh, the research shows that millennial willingness to buy a Pepsi sunk to its lowest level in eight years. So that's pretty cut and dried there. Um, and the list could go on and on, but let's suffice it to say that politics, social um, social justice issues, uh, cultural issues are hot button and should be really handled with care. You really need to think through them and you really need to look at this through different perspectives and then weigh the, the benefits um, 
versus uh, how difficult this is going to be for your company if there's going to be any negative impacts. And keep in mind that 86% of people who think the CEO should take a stand. So we want to know, do you think it's important for your business to take a stand on social or political issues? And be sure to check out our free downloadable. It's called Brand Building During Rapid Cultural Change. And this encompasses so much. It's really a fascinating Mm -hmm. read. And I think we'll give everyone uh, watching or listening a great step forward in how they can approach these topics thoughtfully and carefully so that they do align with their customers and their own beliefs too. And you can find that on the Move the Stairs blog. And and once again, what the heck is Move the Stairs? That means looking at whatever life gives you, really focusing in on it and looking for whatever you can do that's really going to be positive and give you an edge. And sometimes it's the smallest thing that can open up more and more steps so that you can move forward um, instead of whining and saying, if only, or sometimes just getting that deer in the headlights and saying, I'm not going to do anything, really hone in on that. Um, and you look for a situation. So um, uh, the, the, the situation that we had was we had a client I, where I had, I was covering um, a political candidate. And after he gave his uh, acceptance speech the night of his election, um, the stairs on the podium went directly to my competition. So I just unhooked the stairs and moved them to my side so that we got the interview first, which is key in television news. Um, We tried to figure out how to move those stairs for our clients and also in our personal lives every day. What does life give you? What can you do to make the most out of it? And, And sometimes it takes thinking very strategically, but also it can be the smallest thing and it can open up a whole new opportunity for you that other people will not have seen. So that's Move the Stairs. So let's get into part two here, you guys. Identifying um, the topics that are important to your CBD business stakeholder. So just like Jordan mentioned, 86% of uh, consumers say that CEOs should take a stand. So, all right, how are you going to do this? And we have talked at length, we talk all the time about how every PR plan that we create for clients begins with research. And so let's talk about some of the tools that we use, um, why we use them and what information we get out of doing the the sheer volume of research that we do for every client. So if you're going to take a stand, first off, you really need to have a mission and hopefully a vision statement as well. Um, That's really a good place to start because if you put that in your mind first, really helps define what you as a CBD business owner care about. Um, what, what are your, what are the things that really make a difference to you and differentiate your business? Um, a wonderful example of this, by the way, is Bluebird Botanicals has an extensive and really well-researched blog post on their website that details how racism has impacted cannabis cultivation throughout the years, particularly in inequality in law enforcement and the disproportionate arrest and incarceration of people of color for cannabis-related offenses that are no longer prosecuted. Um, The post concludes with links to several social justice projects that aim to reform drug laws and expunge sentences. The strategic alignment of Bluebird's business um, and their mission with a clear stance to use their platform against institutionalized racism 
with a clear um, and police brutality, excuse me. So their platform is against institutionalized racism and police brutality and backed by concrete action to donate resources and support organizations dedicated to eradicating racism is really a powerful example of aligning business mission, stakeholders' expectations, and meaningful action steps. They've really done a good job at this. So if you get a chance, um, we have links to all of that on the, on the blog. I think it's a great place to look and see how they're working through this and with this and taking a stand that really makes a difference and really flows into their mission for their company. And I just want to point out, as should be obvious, um, there are multiple posts on their blog uh, page about this, and they have multiple links. I mean, so this isn't like a one-off, right. oh, yeah, we support this too. You know, this was a very thoughtful, well-researched approach, and they've it it's demonstrated in the number of uh, links and, and articles and, and posts that they have about it. So maybe you don't know what political messaging or environmental or social uh, topics might resonate with your audience. So then it's time to do a little bit of digging if this is something that you need to get into. And you need to start with some audience research to understand who your audience is, what their interests are, and what topics are, are resonating with them. And so what I recommend is get into the demographics. This is where Jordan and I go wonky woo. And we get into the demographics of your followers on social media channels. You can do this for free. It's just going to take you a couple of hours. And, you know, there's generally a, um, a lot more information available on business accounts, but any of your so social accounts are going to have demographics. Another yeah. great tool that we use is Sprout Social. And this one kind of, um, aggregates all of that demographic data into some charts and graphs that are really easy to read. And um, it digs deep into your followers and gives you demographic data that can help you understand exactly who's following you on which channel. And just as an example, we have far more, MNC has far more male followers on Twitter and far more female followers on Facebook. So, you know, that's just another bit of data so that you're, you can be thinking about what message might resonate to which group on which channel. And you can use this information to think critically about what political message might align with your brand and your consumers, your followers. Um, we also use another great digital tool called SparkToro, and that helps uncover audience insights based on keyword searches or hashtag searches, um, like what news sources people consume, um, podcasts they listen to, uh, hashtags that they use in their social media posts. And it helps flesh out and give you a complete picture of who you're talking to um, with your social media followers and what they care about. You can also do some hashtag research. I always start with Twitter because Twitter is always on top of what's happening right at this moment. And I'm always constantly following, you know, what hashtags are trending on Twitter because sometimes you see some funky ones and you're like, why is this trending? And then you click on it, you learn a thing or two, right? So that can help you just by searching Twitter um, for whatever hashtag may be relevant to the cause you're researching. We also use Meltwater too. And this is a really powerful digital listening tool. 
They can listen to not only what's happening uh, on online, it can also listen to what's happening on broadcast as well as blogs. You kind of get that hybrid between traditional media and social media as you're doing some research. And it was actually using Meltwater that we noticed a pretty significant overlap between posts talking about CBD and justice for people convicted of cannabis-related crimes that are no longer being prosecuted. And Sarah just talked about this, and this is likely due to the work of The Last Prisoner Project and other uh, organizations are doing. So it can really help you dial in and get a clearer picture of some of those topics of concern or that you're very passionate about that you're trying to relate to your customers and your employees all by just doing a little bit of research. We love research. It really helps because it makes gives you more bang for your buck on whether it's time or money. It really helps. And and last but not least, uh, for for a bit of stakeholder research, um, and just so you know, I use the term stakeholder and not just customer because you have many stakeholders in your business. Um, start with your employees. I mean, really, what do they care about? Employee retention is huge. We all know how much money it costs us to replace an employee. So understanding what they care about, ask them what topics are important to them. What charitable organizations would they like to support? This is really a huge and a huge component of building employee retention and loyalty, as well as support for the political or charitable project you might take on. Ask your customers the same questions and keep it open-ended. Something like we're thinking about issue XYZ. And we'd like to know what you think. Use your social channels to ask your followers, and then you got to listen carefully to their answers and think through how this information might play out as you're developing your program and your stand. So we want to know what you think after hearing, you know, 20 minutes of this conversation. Are you still struggling to decide whether or not you want to take a political stand? Or maybe there's an environmental or societal issue that you want to highlight with your business, let us know. Tell us in the comments and better yet, maybe we can help you as you're working through some of that messaging. And speaking of which, you're going to want to join us next week as we're going to be inching up on Valentine's Day weekend. Can you guys believe it? Yes. <laughs> we're going to be talking to you about how you can work on building the really important business relationships you have with your employees and your customers because we all know that, you know, without your customers, you don't have a business. And without your employees, you can't reach your customers. So it's really a symbiotic relationship. We want to make sure that you're set up for success there. Sarah, take us home for topic number three. Right. Yeah. And if you guys have questions, let us know, because we we would love to answer those questions. Um, and just to make sure everybody's really clear, it's all about relationship building before Valentine's Day, right? Showing a little bit of love, showing a little bit of love to your customers. There and your you employees, go. And your employees, really important. And your employees, which, you know, Diane, you just mentioned that. So I think that's a really good um, segue into the topic that we're going to cover next week. So um, now we're going to talk about how to, you know, we've gone through a lot of examples um, good, bad, and ugly, and um, the importance of, and we've given a couple of really great examples. So we're going to kind of break those um, examples down here in terms of thinking about how to align your business goals with a particular message, a particular stance. Now, this could be, you know, as we say, this could be political, it could be environmental, it could be 
a, a social issue. It could be um, something like deciding which charity to support and why. And by now, you ought to see where we are headed. All of this work, all of this research, and all of these conversations that you will have over time with your stakeholders should lead you to a clearer picture of how your company can authentically align its business goals. I really want to highlight authentically mm -hmm. align its business goals with a particular message. And we are fans of the term authentic action. It's another way of saying that you are going to walk the talk as a business. And the reason why is um, consumers, employees, other stakeholders are going to sniff out inauthenticity or inauthentic political posturing immediately. What does that look like? Um, hashtag social topic of the day. Right. It's not just jumping on the bandwagon, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And you, you know, know the first you... place they're going to go, right? It's going to go right to your Twitter account. <laughs> they're going to go right to social <laughs> and media. And see what you tweeted in 2010 that may not necessarily reflect with where you're going in 2021. They will find it. Absolutely. Yeah. The other thing that I think is really important here is that if you're just starting, let's say you found something that really resonates with you. Um and it really is aligned with your goals, your business goals, but you're just starting, you know, I would start slow and start mm -hmm. building, but I would have some blogs. I would start thinking about what shows that we really care about this before we blast it all over the place. Um, and we don't become a me too organization because that's a, that's, and certainly that has a lot of different connotations, but you get my drift here. Mm -hmm. um, so you want to back up whatever you're doing with honest, transparent, authentic action. Then you're doing it right. And you'll be laying the building blocks of, of powerful CBD brand protection PR that can really help insulate and protect your brand while adding positively, positivity to the civic discourse. And I think you're, when you're adding something to, and that's the key, you want to add to, this is what we're doing and why we're doing it mm -hmm. and why it matches and why we feel so strongly about this. Not just this is what we're doing or this is or yes, we agree to. That's not or this is what we're yapping about on social media, right. which is quick and easy and cheap and requires no commitment whatsoever exactly. that you're going to get nailed. Yep, absolutely. And, you know, Sarah, you used, you used Patagonia as a result. I mean, they've been around since the 70s, and that, and that same message has been the same over time. So this is not just a, a switch that they decided to flip overnight. The, exactly. This is some of the principles that that company was founded upon. Yeah. Well, but, again, I think the same thing goes for Chick-fil-A. I mean, they mm -hmm. have a long, long-standing commitment to um, – you know, supporting their communities and showing up in times of need. So I think that that authenticity of intent and that longstanding um, demonstration of that authenticity allows them to, you know, step in and um, take a stand or, or say something or help or be involved. And nobody sniffs it out and says, oh, yeah, well, 
you know, you're just trying to, to, to get some free PR. You're just trying to, you know, whatever it is. Um, but I think that there was a backlash that we saw on, um, and I'm trying to remember the exact name of the thing. It was like, you know, blackout Tuesday or Wednesday, or Mm -hmm. it was, you know, over the summer with, um, social justice, um, protests that were going on and a bunch of companies hopped on that. And it actually muddied the water for some information that groups were trying to transmit. And it really felt inauthentic. It was like, everybody got on that bandwagon. Um, and you know, I'm not going to call anybody out, but I think that if you went back to the majority of the businesses that, that jumped on that bandwagon, I doubt that you would see a consistent long-term, you know what, um, this is what we've done before, or that really woke us up and here's what we've done since um, to demonstrate that that was an authentic approach um, to hopping on that, that social issue of the day. So we want to hear from you. Tell us what you think about this brand protection strategy session that we just had with you. And how do you think that could help your CBD brand as you're looking and trying to decide whether or not you want to take a stand? So, Sarah, this was a pretty beefy <laughs> move the stairs Friday chat. <laughs> we've, been, we've been cooking, man. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, can you give us the, the recap? Yeah. So to briefly recap, today we have talked about how public perception of companies wading into politics or taking a political, social, environmental stance um, has changed dramatically. I mean, 180 degrees uh, in recent years. We have identified, um, talked about ways to identify topics that are important to your CBD business stakeholders um, to really help build a plan that aligns with your business goals, aligns your business goals with a stance or messaging that you might take. So a lot of work goes into that. There's a lot of background and a lot of research and a lot of planning and thinking about how you back up um, messaging with authentic action. So thanks so much for joining us again on this Friday afternoon and our latest Move the Stairs Friday chat. We're happy to help you and here to help you protect your CBD business with Brand Protection PR. So just drop us a line. Let us know what we can do for you and join us again next week. We always love to hear from you and uh, we really enjoy doing these um, vlogs, blogs and podcasts and we hope you're getting some benefit out of them. So have a wonderful week.